Hello, and welcome to our first edition of EdChoice Chats, a new podcast focused on school choice research, policies, and other issues. I'm Drew Catt, Director of State Research and Policy Analysis for EdChoice and the co-author of a new report, The Private School Landscape, which takes a look at the effects of school choice on private schooling in America over the past 25 years. Big shout out to lead author Dr. Dick Carpenter and co-author Rebecca Keith, both from the University of Colorado, Colorado Spring. When Milton Friedman first put forward his bold vision of educational choice in 1955, he believed that increasing competition in the K-12 realm would cause an increase in the number of schools, their capacity, and their student populations. Has that happened? Eh, Not exactly. Our new report looks at three key areas, student enrollment, school capacity, and racial segregation. So let's tackle enrollment first. In theory, more school choice programs should mean more students enrolled in private schools. In reality, the school choice programs we have implemented so far are not enough to spur dramatic change in student enrollment. The enrollment trends of private schools and states with private school choice programs either did not differ significantly or differed only trivially from schools operating in states without the presence of choice. This was the case whether school choice was measured broadly or broken down by each type of choice program, including charter schools but not ESAs. To understand the lack of growth in enrollment, we look now to capacity. Has increased competition from school choice caused an expansion on the supply side? Well, here again, the answer runs counter to what Dr. Friedman predicted. The number of grade levels offered by private schools in choice and non-choice states changed very little over time, and the trends showed little or no divergence based on the introduction of choice. We'll talk about the likely reasons for this outcome in a moment, but I want to make sure we draw attention to our findings on racial segregation. Critics of educational choice often allege that increasing access to private schooling will lead to an increase in racial segregation in those schools. They are wrong. While there's still work to do, our research makes it clear Private schools in choice states have not grown, quote-unquote, whiter over time. In fact, the average percentage of non-white students in private schools grew at a similar rate in choice states as in non-choice states. Moreover, choice programs did not appear to change the percentage of minority students enrolled in private schools when compared to surrounding school-aged populations. What does this all mean? Have we failed to live up to expectations? Where do we go from here? While this isn't the outcome we'd hoped for or predicted, it's not a huge surprise when you put the results in the context of today's policy landscape. Milton Friedman's vision of educational choice was universal and unencumbered, a far cry from what's actually taking place in most states. Less than 1% of K-12 students take advantage of an ESA voucher or tax credit scholarship program. Instead of putting parents in the driver's seat, many programs restrict their access to the funding set aside for their children and place undue regulations on schools that might accept that funding if it didn't come with so many strings attached. We know that private school leaders are reluctant to open new schools or add grade levels without some certainty that enrollment won't be limited and regulations won't be overly burdensome. We also know from our research that schools often fear accepting funding through a choice program if it means they have to abandon their core values or a faith-based mission, the very reasons families would choose them in the first place. Finally, 
we know that in the era before choice programs were widespread, many faith-based schools closed their doors due to a lack of enrollment, which means we started with fewer options and are now working to rebuild that supply. What's the solution, then, if we want to grow capacity and enrollment within the private school landscape? Simply put, we need choice programs that truly empower parents. We need to make sure funding isn't going to disappear from one year to the next, and we have to offer schools themselves some assurances that by accepting new choice students, they're not going to be required to give up their identities. Policymakers should take these factors into account as they bring new school choice programs online and expand the programs already in place, and we are committed to supporting that work with our original research as well as assistance from our state-based policy team. If you'd like to read a full copy of this report, you can log on to our website at edchoice.org slash private school landscape. If you have additional questions about the report or suggestions for future podcasts, please feel free to contact EdChoice by emailing media at edchoice.org. Thanks for tuning in to our inaugural edition of EdChoice Chats. Till next time, I'm Drew Catt.